Hello, everyone. Happy Independence Day to all of you. Thank you so much for turning up on a national holiday in India. I'm Saurabhishwar Sen, founder of Catalyst, welcoming all of you to the session today. At Catalyst, since 2011, we have been training students from schools, colleges, universities, and also working professionals for careers in the social development sector. More than 500 aspirants from Catalyst over these years have secured admissions into bachelor's and master's courses in social sciences at institutions in India and abroad. More than 350 of them are now working in professional capacities as social workers, entrepreneurs, policy researchers, analysts, media and culture researchers, human resource managers, capacity building trainers with governments, private organizations, civil society, multilaterals, as well as think tanks. Coming back to the Independence Day of 2020, we have by all possible means realized like never before the importance of Swatantrata or Shadhinata. The syllables Shaw or Swa that resonates with an independent self requires us to refine our skills to effectively augment our thoughts for social interventions. On that note, I am very happy to introduce to all of you the speaker for the evening today in India, because the speaker is joining us from Philadelphia and it is nice and shiny morning there that we can see. Dr. Shoujo Dev has extensive experience with the social development sector in India, USA and Africa. He has mitigated social problems concerning clean drinking water, supply, establishment of public toilets, participatory budgeting in slums, community organization, development, rehabilitating children, econometric modeling on education, along with delivering teaching and training modules on planning markets, community development, quantitative methods, data management, weather and well-being. Dr. Dev has a PhD and master's degree in public affairs from Rutgers University, New Jersey. He pursued master's in social work from Tata Institute of Social Sciences, Mumbai, and a bachelor's in arts with comparative literature at Jadavpur University, Kolkata. He's working as a researcher for Sahel and West Africa program of the Stockholm International Peace Research Institute, also known as SIPRI. The bigger delight is Shourjo was also part of Catalyst in 2013. And the culmination to this day is truly motivating for all of us to understand through his eyes, through his perspectives, through his realities about the skills required to thrive in the development sector. So without further delay, I would request Shourjo to take on the session. I would thank him for taking out time, adjusting to the time differences. I would thank every participant in the session to take out your time on a national holiday in India to turn up and be a part of this interaction. What I would request as a basic uh, flow of our thoughts, which we follow in all our sessions is 
do not hesitate to share your views perspectives and questions at least in the chat box sometimes though using the mic can cause some network error but the chat box possibly gives us the advantage to really culminate our thoughts together as shourjo builds up on his thoughts and views mm. i will personally also be helping shourjo in sieving out those questions and we can share those questions you know from our end with him so that this session is steered in an effective manner shourjo thanks a lot for turning up happy independence day to to you too over to you thanks a lot thank you so much ah uh, that was a better introduction than i could have given myself ah <laughs> uh, ah uh, thank you so much for having me here ah uh, it's indeed ah uh, a full circle coming back here after years 2015 yeah five years yeah so thank you so much um let me quickly ah uh, outline some of the things that i'm going to talk about ah uh, first and foremost uh, i have the chat box open and with sir i'll try to kind of negotiate that if and if you guys have any questions i'm not going to keep my speaking time really long at this end i'll try to wrap up in 10 to 15 minutes max so that you have time to ask questions which is more important um uh that is what i thought was important when i was applying abroad so um that's an overall perception so uh just to add to what sir said so uh i i am currently working in stockholm international peace research institute uh it's a uh it's a it's a disarmament it's 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 a think tank that works on disarmament and on peace building uh it's one of the places that i wanted to get through to at some point some point of time uh but to be honest uh, i'm still not there where i wanted to be more or less since 2012 i have been uh chasing this un uh, uh what do you call it uh you know i don't know i mean like this un posting which i never really got but it also gave me a good idea as to uh how to get there and what is required to get there uh it also gave me a good idea about uh how we are not necessarily skilled enough to get those jobs so starting off uh let me talk about certain qualifications that i have and which uh might be useful to you might not but there are things to put in perspective so as uh, uh sir said i did my undergrads from jalpur university comparative literature uh, but what uh, sir probably doesn't know or uh, or i think uh, or probably i've never mentioned but because before that i was actually a computer science engineer for around 2 years and i dropped out so i i think sir does yeah i think i think you know yeah so i dropped out and i joined comparative literature that's an important aspect of my educational career it's incomplete but important and i'll tell you why uh, secondly i went on to test from there onwards while working while studying in jadavpur university i was heavily involved in socio political issues uh, movements within the campus and outside the campus and my move to test was a very ideological one this is something that i wanted to do uh, this is something i thought that i could uh, work at and work with without getting bored so this is something that i chose uh this was an extremely uh, steep learning curve for me uh, jadavpur university was very relaxed compared to literature gave you perspectives but i think it is a very relaxed environment in jeu this uh, means deadlines you stick to those deadlines you get your job done and you also bring perspectives with you 
So that was a pretty steep learning curve at that point of time. And from there onwards, pretty much while I was uh, doing my master's, I got interested in research and specifically quantitative research. So TIS has a mandatory, um, I think at least back in 2013, 2015, it did. Uh, it did have a mandatory dissertation uh, project that we all had to do. Uh, some of us took on qualitative research, some of us did quantitative work. Uh, I did quantitative work. And that's when I realized that I don't know too much about quantitative research methods. Uh, I wouldn't blame TIS here as an institution. Uh, you have to keep in mind that TIS deals with around 30 to 35 people in a classroom. Uh, so for example, in TIS, I was in the specialty uh, children and family welfare. We had around 30 to 35 people in that class. I would say it is impossible to uh, educate people who might not be from a maths background uh, in quantitative methods uh, by doing like, you know, if you have like 35 people in a class and you're doing like a one hour session every week, that's pretty difficult in my opinion. Uh, but this did the best it could. And I think it gave me a, a platform uh, and also gave me a direction. So again, my movement towards uh, my PhD and my second master's was not motivated specifically by um you know that this is something i want to do this is what i want what i want to become but more because this is something that i wanted to learn again it was very ideologically motivated uh i thought if you wanted to learn quantitative research and learn it well and actually understand statistical modeling and not just be a good consumer but be a good producer of statistical modeling then you ha i would have to move out of india uh, the reason behind that is even while i was in india i tried to look up places like indian institute of uh, science IIPS was right next door to TIS. Uh, but if you have an arts degree, there is no way you can make it into IIPS. There's, you need a BSc or an MSc. So I literally had no other way to learn or get a certification. Like, you know, uh, knowing something is different, but having a degree to show for it is also important to a certain level, yeah, especially when it comes to recruitment. So that is when I decided that I will have to move out. And I think uh, an education abroad, whether be it in US or be it in Europe, gives you that multidisciplinary flexibility where you can dabble into stuff that you've not learned about. And that's where I mostly moved into, more into the data science and uh, quantitative methods approach. And that's what I specialized in for the next five years. Uh, five years are important. I learned a lot. Theoretically, I think this had me covered. So there was not a lot of new theoretical things that I was learning during my stint at Rutgers, but, but a lot of practical stuff. So for example, data management, um, statistics, uh, mapping, uh, these are things which I learned here. Uh, designing research, which is something we always talk in terms of jargon back at home, but it has very real palpable uh, uh, you know, effects. Uh, so that is something that I focused on, specifically research design and research methods. But by the time I was in third year, I started looking for jobs. And I realized that getting jobs is, again, a different game altogether. Um, I think uh, uh, what, what I learned in the last two years was that you have to have the necessary skills to market. And that is where I talk about demands of the market. So, um, as a social science researcher or as a social science grad, when you step out in the market, you have to understand that there are two different ways that you approach the market, or, or that's what I think. This, this is just my opinion. So there are two different ways I think you can approach the market. One is in the levels of very niche knowledge, 
uh, and the other is in terms of data. So data is what I did, uh, and this is where my uh, two years of computer science engineering helped because I'm not really scared of maths and I'm not really scared of coding, which at times is a drawback for a lot of uh, people who are from a pure social science, you know, someone who's done like, who's probably taken up uh, uh, arts in 11 and 12 and then gone on with a sociology degree or a psychology degree and gone on. So uh, the level of maths that you are exposed to is less. It's not that you're good or not good at maths. It's just that the exposure that you've had is comparatively less. So that makes you less comfortable with it. Uh, since I meddled around with uh, uh, some coding and some engineering maths when I was there in engineering college for two years, it, I wasn't as scared about it. Uh, and the same applies to my wife as well. So my wife is also doing her PhD. She is in social work in Boston College. She does biostatistics and epidemiology. And she is also a chemistry undergrad from St. Stephen's. So both of us are science people who went into social sciences. So uh, keep that uh, keep that in perspective when I talk about what are the different ways you approach the market. So one would be the data science method where you uh, where you pitch yourself as someone who understands social issues and how to look for them and approach them uh, in terms of data. Uh, data is a very interesting thing. Everyone throws this word around. Uh, but data science is very different for business analytics. It's very different for the social development sector. The data structures that we use are different from the business sector. The way we approach them, the econometric modeling that is required is very different. Um, there are a lot of things. And that's a whole game altogether. The second one that at times gets overlooked by the by the continuous exposure to data is the niche area of uh, influence. Uh, so for example, let me put it this way. Uh, say BRAC is a pretty big uh, NGO that works in South Asia now, centered around work in Bangladesh. Uh, so if I were a master's student from this, or maybe from JNU, and my master's dissertation was with either the Rohingya refugees specifically or with Rohingya issues or with refugee issues in general. And if I applied for a job in BRAC, I would actually have a chance at it. Uh, specifically because that kind of mingles with my specific area of expertise. That is the area of expertise. So again, there are two ways you can approach. One is more uh, be the data jockey and you know go that way. And other is to align yourselves to certain areas uh, or uh, niche areas where there's a lot of um, you know, investment in, or where there's a lot of talk about in general. So something like something like uh, climate change or energy issues would be like really hot right now. So uh, I've had friends in this who did, uh, I think, urban development and stuff like that. So so stuff like that is also like you know you can align yourself to an area which is in um, demand right now, or if you think you are specifically interested in something which does is not in demand right now, you'll have to find other avenues. So for me, it was data science. That's what I did for myself. So this is the these are the two ways I would approach the market or which are the demands of the market right now at this point of time. Going on to some more skill-oriented work. Uh, interestingly, even after graduating from the best social sciences colleges, be it JNU, be it TIS, Adim Premji, um, I don't know, even Vishwabharati. Vishwabharati actually is very underrated for social work. Um, interestingly, Vishwabharati sends a lot of master's grads to TIS. So that's another place that's really underrated. But um, even though when you come out of these places, which are probably the top tier names in social sciences in India, 
you will find there's a gap in skills because you know your the organization demands a certain kind of work from you so for one if you are doing a master's dissertation in this or in uh, jnu or in any of these so that's a very important piece of skill uh, if anyone is in this right now or planning to go i would suggest that you take research very seriously right from the philosophical approach of it uh, how you position yourself as a researcher to actually implementing research and actually understand the problems that arrive when you're doing surveying and you know uh, how you design a question and those are things that basically see prepares me for one of the things that see prepares me for so that's one thing that i would definitely concentrate on as a skill secondly there are a lot of other aspects of working in social on the social sector i would say you would concentrate on grant writing you would uh, concentrate on project management uh, and you would also concentrate on if possible certain amount of data skills because that's something i do so yeah so there are major different types of skills all these different types of skills have uh, courses on udemy they have courses on coursera there are multiple learning uh, resources and you know i hope catalyst gets one up so when you guys have it you can you can you can look it up there so um, so skills is not something just random it's not just something that you talk about in webinars it is something very concrete uh, being able to show that you know how to do research is very important uh, be it in the form of a, a dissertation in masters or even you can attempt publications um, which is more academic that's something that i have not done uh, my supervisor is still uh, <laughs> giving me a hard time about it uh, but but that's something that that you show you know like uh, for example during my interview with cp one of the things that they wanted to so one of the things that they were talking about is like you know what kind of data management do you do how how do you do it how how can you be so creative about uh, how can you be creative about data so i'm i was pretty sure when i went up to the interview that there were like multiple candidates i'm absolutely sure all of them were equally good at data management and econometric modeling so what i basically did was i took data already available at cpri took it down um i messed around with it and i created some maps with the data that they have so basically my idea was to show them that see this is what you want and this is what i can do for you so being able to exhibit it is 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 important so if you're talking about terms of you know if you're trying to sell yourself in the market as a researcher you need to be able to show that you're a researcher you can do research how do you show that either get publications the impact factor of publication doesn't matter that much in my opinion especially if you are get trying to get a job in india and the second is maybe a masters dissertation or a phd dissertation so the important part of just is not just about talking that you have these skills in the market or on your cv but being able to actually show that you have those skills next salary structures so this is a little dicey uh, dicey because uh, salary structures in the development sector uh, after a masters it can it can be all over the place uh, uh, at least in my opinion i've had some uh, juniors of mine graduating from tis uh, who've got like something like one of my juniors actually graduated with something like 15 lakh per annum uh, which was big and it was in a csr though it was not in a uh, it was not in a development sector jobs uh, also have to keep in mind that most students who go to tis most not all most are ideologically motivated so we try to get organizations to tis which cater to our needs so for example if there's someone who's from kerala and he wants to go back and work at some sort of a plantation uh, we would have to try to work towards uh, finding him or her a job there 
so i was the placement coordinator for my batch for a year and then i just gave up partly because it was like really tough people all over the world and i mean people from all over the country and you know they have different understandings of what kind of a job they want everyone does not want to go to a csr uh, csr jobs pay much more uh, but there are limitations to the kind of work that you can do similarly uh, if you decide that i'm going to go work at a ground level um, ngo yes the work might be more you know rewarding personally but then again there might be issues about uh, the kind of remuneration that you get however there's a way around it too and i'll talk about that uh, so coming to roles and designations that one generally uh, works in um, that can be varied right you know it depends on what kind of skill sets do you if you pick up and like if you want to be someone if you want to be someone who's a researcher then you definitely go in as a researcher you could be a project management you could be in project management or you could be like you know someone who's like very niche so for example someone who's from psychology and has some um, uh, some research or interest in criminal psychology or criminology so they would go a different way so as far as roles and designations are concerned i think in the social science sector it's pretty fluid uh, that's not something that i am too i mean i wouldn't be too worried about if i was a uh, grad um, overall just to give you a, give you an overview of how the market is in current situation um, i think i can't speak too much about the indian market i have some idea definitely but i never competed in the indian market i always competed globally um, and in the global market i think there are two important things one that i already mentioned that you have certain kind of skills and you're able to show it and second also where are you from i mean um, it kind of sounds weird but see i applied to a lot of jobs when i was in case to international ngos and i still do uh, like places like international rescue committee danish refugee council and i went ahead and applied to all of all those places and i still do but imagine that there are graduates from cornell and stanford and uh, european universities who are also competing for the same job with you and some of them might be a little more skilled some of them uh, might uh, you know some of them might just just they just have those pedigree of colleges which is difficult to compete against so i have the same issues when i apply for jobs uh, even with a phd uh, i'm applying as a rutgers alumni but there's someone from harvard applying so so those things will always be there in the market it's important to find a niche for yourself um, either from the data science point of view which is i think more generic uh, a niche in the sense is like you know you maybe you maybe you're an expert on energy maybe you're an expert on criminology maybe you're an expert with rohingya refugees so uh, finding that niche for yourself is extremely important even if you don't know data science you can get away with that niche if it's in the market the, uh, globally i think uh, the job sector right now at this point of time is a little well it's because of the pandemic in general but i think it's a little on the downside but it's going to get better uh, once we finally have a solution to the pandemic but uh, as of now it's a little down but overall recruitment in most development sector organizations have been up before the pandemic came through i think people had no issues um, getting uh, jobs most people could uh, however if you are competing globally there's one more skill that you have to add at certain point of time which is language uh if you are trying to get a job in northern africa it's probably best that you know one of those 
languages which are prevalent there or maybe french uh if you are trying to work for a development sector organization which has uh german funding so it would probably help if you know german uh so i per se did not know any languages i am fluent in english and bengali that's it i didn't bother to learn anything else uh i have to learn french now i'm on the job it's not very pleasant uh but i have to do it so if you if you get this done beforehand um depending on which area you want to work in uh that might be helpful uh, it's often helpful uh so these are the generic uh statements that i had i would uh, love it if you guys go ahead with questions or is sir going to look yes, at so the I questions think, uh, yeah sure you okay. can go ahead with the questions uh, namrata is asking how does one establish a niche at the beginning of the career okay so i don't think you will be able to do that in the undergrads that's that's a difficult uh, thing to do uh, our undergrad education is not steered like with, uh, like that uh, i think that's and uh, that's an advantage most uh, western competitors have over us immediately because uh, uh, but then that's not something you can change at this point of time what i would suggest though that when you are moving on from undergrads to masters you make a point you make make, make it a point to kind of find some area which you are interested in say for example you are interested in children in conflict right uh, you might not find a course in india which specifically deals with children in conflict but you will find children and family welfare in this which is close enough and once you get there you can steer your research towards children in conflict so that's a specialization uh, so uh, developing that niche is partly exploring options and uh, partly moving towards things that interest you uh, in my case it was i was interested in children and family so uh, so i moved towards children and family welfare but also be open to the idea that once you approach your niche you might not find it that interesting i don't say that i'm not interested in children's issues anymore it's just that i find data science more fascinating so i kind of moved again so that's a that's a iterative process uh, i don't think Uh, especially like you know most of us graduate by like 21 22 i didn't but like most of us undergrads at 21 and 22 you you you've not seen enough to uh but you have an idea as to where you might go so i would say try to steer your education that way get those kind of degrees uh read up a lot on them i mean uh, google scholar is still free it still has a lot of articles so you need to be updated on those i think that's how you create a niche uh, not just the degree but also the information that you have the general information that you have on those areas okay so this is indrakshi uh constant session that we do from india later go on to abroad problem. then we might face problems in adjusting and catching up with the fast pace uh okay so it was just at the right time to go if you're going ha huh. uh, please what will be the drawback for us as we did from ug from also have have being a phd phd degree from bengal okay yeah <laughs> really good question indrakshi so yeah let me let me get this okay so first thing you are not going to have a problem catching up with postgraduate education abroad be it in europe or be it in us i can absolutely assure that uh i was like politically active throughout my taste throughout my jadavpur university days i did not uh, study as much as many of the other scholars i did i managed fine here yes 
you have to be a little smart in how you approach education. Um, um, uh, let me put it this way. Um, I remember taking my class 11 physics exam. I got a 10 out of 70, okay? And that was bad because I was pretty good at physics in class 10. Uh, and uh, and I, it's not that I didn't work hard. It's just that it's just that I did not try to understand. My, let me put it this way. Being able to understand concepts and apply them practically is more important in the West than it is in the East. So I had some training in it because Jadupur University dislikes you learning answers and writing them from semesters. You don't score that way. So I had some training in Jadupur University that way. Kind of independent thinking. The education was steered towards that. So I didn't have a problem when I came to the West. That is the only problem I can pragmatically point at that you might have transitioning from UG to like you know from a from a Indian education to a Western one. Other than that, when it comes to putting in time, putting in hours, the grind, I think Indian students are we are good to go. We shouldn't be worried about. Okay. So if okay, so it was suggested okay. My question is if you go for a PG degree abroad, will there be a drop uh, no, so that's no. Also is having a PG degree from abroad more beneficial than a PG degree from India. Okay. Um yes it is uh, getting a postgraduate from abroad is i would still say is better in than in india but you have to consider a couple of things here and that is important uh, that's also something that i had in mind and i do not mean to speak disparagingly about anyone else but this is important to note uh, in terms of pragmatic uh, life uh, how much are you willing to spend on a pg degree abroad that is important uh, see i went for a phd uh, and not a master's because I know PhDs are funded. It is also difficult to get into a PhD, but a PhD is funded. A master's degree is not funded. I have had batchmates from Tata Institute of Social Sciences who have come to US later. Uh, they have done a degree from Harvard in public policy, a master's in public policy. Uh, some of them went to LSE, London School of Economics, and they did a master's there. And let me assure you, most of them paid for it, okay? Uh, it's good. If they can, uh, these uh, uh, there was a joke in this. Okay, we, we used to do this that you know there would be like five six people in this every year who got through London School of Economics, and the fun thing that we used to do was like ask them, did you get funding? Because that actually means whether you got through or not. Because if you did not get funding, that means your dad's paying for it. Okay, nothing wrong in it. Absolutely nothing wrong in it. But it's but it's possibly not easy for middle class Calcutta and West Bengal people to pay for we are not most we are not a business class we are mostly service class people we can't pay for that uh, so a PhD is a better option which is why you will see a lot of Xavier's Jadapur presidency Vishwabharati abroad doing PhDs and not masters however the problem here is that doing the PhD is five years of time which could be better spent in the job market you would have a higher salary or pretty much the same salary uh, the PhD doesn't give you necessarily uh, edge in the job market in terms of salary initially. It does not. Like a master's grad is going to get very, like it's pretty much get the same salary that I would do. But what it does is when the company decides to fire, it's not going to fire you. It's going to fire the master's grad. So keep that in mind. However, the PhD takes a longer period of time. That's a, that's a decision that you have to make. The master's is... It takes a smaller period of time, but it's often you end up paying for it. 
the exception to that is like people who went to Erasmus. So a lot of Jadavpur University people and residency people go to Erasmus. Um, I I am not sure if Erasmus is still paying for master's courses, but at one point of time it did, uh, and that was great. So if you can get funding for masters abroad, go ahead, do it. Um, if you if you want to take a loan, that is something I'll strongly discourage. Because keep in mind that uh, loans are generally taken by engineers and MBA people who get a three-year OPT. So let me explain what that is a little bit. In short, I don't want to get into visa issues, but a little would help make sense why I'm saying this. Uh, so once you complete your degree, master's degree, say you do it in public policy in the US and someone who's a friend of yours does it in, uh, in data science or like a computer science engineer. So you both get one year of work permit after you finish your course. Okay, so you work for one year. But what happens is in the STEM subjects, they give you a two-year extension. So basically, you basically a computer science engineer can work three years in the US without any visa issues after they finish their degree. Whereas the social science grad gets only one year. So it makes it difficult for you to be hired. Companies would rather hire an American graduate who they don't have to pay for visa and sponsor the visa and stuff like that. So that's that's something that you need to keep in mind. You are at a disadvantage in the American market uh, or even the European market for that matter. So if you take up a loan, you just have like a one year to make sure that you have a job and you know you or make sure that you pay for that loan. I think that's a very tough ask. Uh, I would kind of advise against it. Uh, so that's that so but but if you don't have financial issues uh i think if you can support yourself or you've made some money before and you have you know you have some savings that you can pay yourself from uh that would work also keep in mind if you do a master's abroad uh there are a lot of small jobs you can do you know i mean and uh, i was kind of open to it i mean i would work at a starbucks or i would so that would kind of cover some part of the money that you need to spend here so you could do that too. So uh, given if, 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 if I am asked to make a choice, PG degree from abroad in a good university, yes, definitely. Uh, I would say that. But keeping in mind that there are financial issues involved, I would definitely look into places like JNU, TACE, uh, uh, Azim Premji, that's a good place. Ashoka is not bad too, though Ashoka is expensive, but it's not bad too. Uh, and those are... Those are pretty much value for money. I think I think these places are also upskilling in the kind of skills that they're teaching their uh, uh, students. So you should be fine. That's my take on that. Okay. Tanya says, how do you, do you manage to get into Rutgers? How do you manage funds academically? And good question. Uh, how did I get into Rutgers? Um, well, I took the GRE. Uh, I did, uh, uh, well, during my final semester I stopped partying and I got my shit together and I started it, it helped because I kind of like maths which is odd really odd for someone who's uh, who has my profile but uh, yes um, so I started studying in the fourth semester of this uh, uh, supported by very ably supported my, by my then roommate he was like really cool and my then girlfriend, who's my wife now. So uh, I, 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 that's when I started studying. I took my GRE, I think somewhere within some time in between the third and the fourth semester. So, oh no, in the second year. So in the third semester, I started studying in the third semester. So I took my GRE between third and fourth semester. And somehow I like uh, bunked college for one week straight, studied for TOEFL and 
give to a fellow on a weekend or something of that sort. So that's how I applied. That's the first part. Uh, how did I get into Rutgers? I think uh, application to a US university is based on a multiple things. It's not one ticket to convert, especially in social sciences. You have to show that you know some degree of research. You have to show that you are good at your GRE, whatever skills that GRE tests. Uh, there's a lot of debate on whether GRE is really useful or not, but whatever skills that GRE tests. Uh, thirdly, for TOEFL, uh, your grades in undergrads and masters, they kind of matter. Uh, uh, I was very selective about it, but I think I, I did top my uh, department till the third semester. And then I got selected at Rutgers and I lost interest. So I didn't really study for fourth semester. So I eventually came second. But uh, <laughs> the grades matter. They really matter. Your master's grades. Um, uh, the better the university, the more important they become. And your recommendations. So these are like the major importance. So my recommendation was, I think, my uh, comparative literature department HOD, Dr. Kunal Chattopadhyay. He wrote my recommendation, one of them, and the other two were written by professors from this. Uh, you have to make sure that these professors are closely linked with you, uh, because um, even I read recommendations and I kind of make out this is generic. So one of my recommenders was my fieldwork supervisor. Dr. Mohan Igudkar and the other one was my research supervisor, Dr. Chukti Panchal. So all of them are very closely linked to me and would put in the time and effort to write a decent uh, recommendation. Also, a small pro tip about recommendation, don't try to get someone who's going to just write good things about you. Uh, no one takes those recommendations seriously and they expect the professor to know you as an individual and that is what matters more. So uh, th those, those were the application requirements for getting into Rutgers. How did you manage funds? Didn't have to. I was I was sponsored from day one, so I they I had a so I came to uh, US on August 2015 last week, and my salary was debited September second week. So I was on job from September first as a graduate assistant, and uh, I I completed my job for. The graduate assistantship, I think it was on, wait, as August, May, May, June, 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 July. yeah, June end, June last week was my final, this year, June last week was my final uh, day on the graduate assistantship job. So I didn't have to worry too much about that. I got, uh, the stipend is not like, you know, it's not, there's not, you're not going to live a lavish lifestyle, but Rutgers is among the public schools. Uh, Rutgers was pretty uh, generous with their funding. And uh, this was good enough for me to rent an apartment for myself. I had like, I had two, three people living together and I could go back to India once a year. It was okay. I, I had no issues. Academically and skills. Okay. Um, skills. I partly think I was lucky, but uh, back then when I applied, I think I had a tendency to go towards quant work. I did not know quant work very well, but that tendency was important. Academically, I was very lucid about my research ideas. So my research idea, which is what they, which is which is again a very important aspect of when you're applying for a PhD, what your research idea is, whether you are clear about what you are testing. You have to be clear about issues of internal validity, which basically means, are you really testing what you are testing? You have to be clear about issues of external validity. Can this research be replicated in different areas and make sure that you know? Uh, so these concepts have to be very clear. Uh, it's it's not that difficult to be clear about these concepts. Get a good book and read it a couple of more, a few more times, you would be okay. 
don't go into jargons that's what they hate uh, jargons uh, that's something that i picked up in taste the more jargons a person says the less that person knows about social sciences uh, don't go into jargons be very clear be able to define these concepts very clearly be able to understand how to apply these concepts very clearly i think that's important in terms of uh, a research breakthrough in okay so academically skills that covers it okay uh 60 says the education system in india is at times more focused on completing all degrees at one go how relevant do you think it is um okay i i kind of understand uh, where you are coming from but it does yes you know uh if you if you generally take the normally taken stem route which is basically uh engineering goro and then you do an mba then you know get it done out fast and get out of the year but i think with social sciences you have a little more freedom with that you know um in fact i was talking to this friend of mine he's actually got through he was my batchmate in tis uh, shabaz uh, shabaz was my batchmate in tis uh, and kind of helped me out when i was networking for jobs uh so one of the things that he suggested and i later think back and i should have probably done was taken a year or two off before i apply for my phd right uh i recently saw a, a think tank in norway which was kind of uh promoting a sort of phd and i was looking at the phd topic and i was like god that's what i wanted to do my phd but well it can't be and that's because i didn't spend enough time after my masters uh, looking through the areas as to what i wanted to learn before i go into a phd uh so so i wouldn't per se say that getting your degrees together at one go is a good thing i did do that after my masters but that's because i already kind of wasted two years during my computer science engineering well i i don't really think i wasted it it was it was a good time i learned a lot uh, not every education is not just about going to classes so um, so i would say social sciences is a little more forgiving about that it values experience a little more because you know you can learn all the theory you want from jnu and from tis and from azim premji pondicherry university but until you really go down to the field and do a survey actually do it you wouldn't know what you know how to get around those surveying issues so um i think probably it's not uh, the best idea to get all the degrees done at one go maybe if you can work a year that would be that would be a good insight uh most of the ju so i am from ju and i know a lot of people from pressy but most of them have really done this you know taken time off worked a year or two and that gives you insight from the practical field and also yeah but obviously if you have you know i don't know i mean if you have some sort of pressure like i did so i just went ahead and did all the degrees together but if you don't have it take some time off work learn okay yeah thanks indrakshi thank you for the question um okay zaif uh, can you tell me the development policy planning career for pg freshers without experience um development pol- policy planning career okay so i am assuming that you are looking at public policy planning so public policy and okay well um <laughs> but from the just just from the top of my head i would look at organizations like jpal i would look at organizations which do policy assessment uh, if you are thinking of a career in development policy and planning and 
policy assessment cannot be done without a certain degree of uh, either niche experience or data science. I think public policies are heavily data science oriented um, uh, uh, discipline. I am from a public policy department. Uh, I was amongst the few who did not have an economics background. Uh, I am not saying that you need an economics background to do public policy. That's not what it is. I don't think you need an economics degree to do uh, uh, public policy assessment in general. Uh, what you do need is being able to do applied econometrics. That's what I steered my classes in PhD towards. So if you are thinking of uh, a degree uh, of a job in development policy and planning, I would look at either uh, being able to at least understand and work with applied econometrics one or if there's a specific area in development policy and planning that you are looking at maybe you work on irrigation or something i don't know uh, maybe that's what that's what your research interest in on that's what you've studied about that's what you know a lot about uh, then i would steer towards that uh, try to kind of push yourself in that area without experience well to be honest uh, so this is something that uh, that is going to suck a little for um, uh, social science guys. See, um, let me be very upfront with this. Yeah, if you are working in India specifically, well, this applies for outside India to abroad. If you are working in India in public policy planning or in general other social sciences degrees, do not expect to make a lot of money coming right out of the PG. That is not going to happen. It does happen. Like I just told you, a friend of mine started with a lot of money but here's where it pays in social sense okay if you stick around long enough if you stick around long enough you make a lot of money i am not of the opinion that social scientists social workers should not make money i think that's a very stupid idea i think we should make money as much as anyone else does uh, obviously while not being <laughs> exploitative but uh, but we should be able to and in that case i think being able to stick around long enough in the market is very important I'll give you an example. A lot of my test friends, uh, uh, they started off well, they were doing some jobs and then, you know, they pick up skills on the jobs, which are also useful in other uh, professions, you know? <laughs> so a lot of my friends actually transitioned out of, out of social work into those professions because they make more money there and they make it more quickly. And that's nothing wrong. That's a choice that you make, right? So that's nothing wrong. But if you are looking at making money from right from the day you graduate, you have to keep it in mind that we are not necessarily a market-driven job. Uh, uh, we are more, we are pretty dissociated from market. So keeping that in mind, I would, I would say that if you stick long enough, you will make money. But you have, uh, I mean, it's going to be a difficult approach there. And uh, there's like a, there's something that I kind of gathered by talking to people who work in. UNDP and UNICEF and like you know people I kind of spoken to. Uh, it's much easier to get into these organizations at the middle and the upper level than at the lower level because the competition is intense at the lower level. Because uh, and but what happens is when a lot of people don't get through, they kind of leave the sector and they move towards different sectors, which is fine. Uh, so keep that in mind that if you are looking for careers without experience, you have to be okay with a low pay to begin with. Uh, yeah, kind of. And you have to kind of either develop a niche or be good with data science. I would definitely suggest taking up some courses on Coursera if you want to do public policy assessment. Yeah. Okay. Uh, 
from Shabana. So, okay, so, all, all right. Shabana says, I have voluntarily worked for NGO in education for 15 plus years. I'm from Hyderabad. What kind of opportunities can I look out for in terms of work or education to go get work? Okay. If you've worked on education and if you are 15 years plus and you've worked in an NGO in education, I would definitely look up Pratham. I don't know. Maybe you've already worked for Pratham. I, 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 I don't know. But, uh, so here's, here's one, one small thing that might not work. I mean, I don't mean to be negative about it, but that might, might hamper you at times. It's like, it's voluntary, right? It's not keep that in mind. See, so here's a funny thing. I applied for this, this international rescue committee. I applied for a lot of jobs there. I got rejected from all the jobs, like all of them. Uh, I applied to around like 50, 60 jobs in IRC. I got rejected by all of them. Suddenly IRC reaches out to me and it's like, uh, you know, we have this uh, voluntary work uh, for you. Do you want to do it? Uh, like, okay. I had pretty much nothing on the table at that point of time. I was scared. I was like, let me not have, you know, absent, a period of absence or no employment. So like, okay, I'll do that thing. So I kind of applied to that voluntary position and IRC came back to me saying that, okay, so you have to interview and there are going to be two rounds of interview. I was just like, oh God, I am not, I am not wearing formals and interviewing for a voluntary position. I did nonetheless, and I did not make it there also so it's not that voluntary positions are not competitive but you have to keep it in mind that if you did voluntary work in india uh, it will not get you up international recruitment but it will hold value in organizations like pratham uh, tashi used to no i don't think tashi worked in uh, but yeah i can just at the top of my head i can think of pratham and milap these two uh, which do work on education. So you might have to reach out to them uh, in terms of what kind of opportunities. I think uh, I think you might have like ground level activity. I think you might have a role there. They might not necessarily hand you management positions right from the start. Uh, you have to keep it in mind that management positions are people who generally specialize in project management. So that's another skill, right? So, uh, so but it's a good place to start if you are open to... Uh, like, you know, uh, positions which have more, which have more interaction with the people that you're working for, uh, you know, uh, more ground level interaction. That's, that's something that I would look forward to. That being said, I have not competed in the Indian market too much for jobs at the ground level. So, so take my words with a pinch of salt. Okay. Uh, all right. Namrata. What is the best way to learn econometrics related data and so using R or Python without any specific approach? Uh, reading one should start off. Uh, okay, so uh, okay, so econometrics. Uh, well, mm, yeah. So see, everyone learns this in different ways. Okay. Uh, so for example, my wife's college, Boston College, kind of taught them in a more applied econometrics way, where it was like you know, you do this, you do this. I mean, this is what you get. You run so and so commands and you get so and so results that's one way of approaching it my professors were a little old-fashioned they were like no you have to do the math so uh, i had calculus in 11 and 12 two years of engineering mathematics i'm okay with calculus i mean i can't probably solve sums from go to 
beginning to end but if i have a derivation i can make out what they're doing in this derivation and i can replicate it right so uh, we learn econometrics in very different ways if you go on a coursera course or a udemy course or any other generic uh, courses they'll not probably get into the uh, into the details of how you arrive to those conclusions okay you're not going to know the intricate underlying concepts but you will know the applied stuff there is a positive to that and there's a negative to that the positive is that in day to day life you generally don't need those very intricate roles and you know how you why you use this model and which model fits it and why you will not use ols and why you need logit and probit you don't need all that stuff on a daily basis um, so an applied econometrics is okay to be honest but if you at any point of time want to do like serious research by like by no that's a bad word to use not serious research uh, academic research right um, which i did for my phd that requires a lot of understanding of econometrics okay um, that would be like you, then you have to really validate because people are going to question you okay uh, why did you use this model and uh, why did you uh, use this particular variable log transformed or why did you square it or you know that there, there is underlying logic behind every choice you make and you have to explain that and in your phd when you're defending your phd you have to exactly speak to that uh, you don't need to do that for a generic uh, um, yeah. in fact in fact i would say i think at your work you need to be more efficient at being able to do these things and be clear about how to do these things not necessarily the underlying concepts so uh, it's a choice that you make see uh, you know it was a choice that was made for me basically because this is how rodgers taught it so i had to do the math by hand and i had to learn it uh, at that point of time i was very annoyed because i thought you know my wife had it easier i mean she was just doing the applied stuff but now at times i feel that it's been better now the sad part about this is if you have a ba degree you are probably you probably do not have a way to do this in uh, india i'm sorry because that's how it is if you're trying to learn, learn actual econometrics by doing it by hand i don't think they will let you in an msc program in economics or statistics is not going to let you in with a ba degree that's just how it is right so but as i said an applied program is as good uh, in that case any you know i don't know if someone's teaching r or python like on a regular basis but if they are you can just pick up a book yeah. i have this like bunch of books by orelli who do a lot of python and r i still don't use them because i learned stata once i learned stata i knew what me like you know once you learn stata is basically you need so here what i would suggest you learn one language uh get it down to a point where you are confident of being able to do everything with it and then it's all about just replicating it so uh, my department was very 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 traditionally economic economists department so there are a lot of economists economists generally use stata because econometric modeling is just much better and much easier than stata uh, but data science people generally use python and r so once i knew what i did need to do on stata i just kind of transitioned into python and r i'm still learning python and r i'm not like the best at it uh, but i know how to replicate okay also that's not the only things you need you will at some point of time have to learn either gis or uh, tableau these are things that i know i've kind of picked up because they are important to the kind of uh, uh, analysis that i do uh, 
you will find your own niche. You don't need to copy me here, right? You, you, whatever your organization needs or whatever your kind of research needs. So going back, any specific approach, if you've not, if you think you are not going abroad to get a MS or a MS in data science or an MS in applied data science or a, um, or a PhD, which would give you the time to explore these. So I'm not a PhD in data science. I'm a PhD in, uh, in, in public affairs, but I've been hired for my data science skills, right? And my experience in perception research. So, so those things are two different things. So if you're not doing a PhD program where you have the time to hone these skills, uh, then you either do a master's uh, where abroad, which will give you the scope to learn these things in a more intricate way or get to know the intricate details of it. Or maybe you could just uh, uh, stick to the applied stuff, which in which case I think you might find courses in India too right now. I am not absolutely sure, but I think you can. And if that doesn't work, you can always go online. And there are like multiple YouTube tutorials and they are quite efficient. Um, where can we get appropriate case studies for big data analysis or hard programming? Ah, yeah, that's a, that's a good thing. Uh, so since you're in the social science sector, I would just say go, uh, go to the World Bank, download their data set and play with it. Um, there's a huge, there's a huge World Bank has a huge data repository. Um, you'll find, uh, uh, you'll find stuff from, you know, child, uh, uh, you know, child mortality to maternal mortality and like any indicator that you want to play with GDP, GNP, whatever. So I generally used that during my data management class for Rutgers. Uh, that was very useful. Uh, uh, what else can you use? I would generally stick with that. And oh, so th there's one more thing. So in, in case you are interested in any particular area of uh, work, say, for example, you're interested in disarmament or conflict studies or something like that, then I would go look at the think tanks which work on conflict studies and they generally put their data out at some point in time. They're not going to. So, for example, CPLI wouldn't put out its current data, which I'm working on. But at some point of time, that data is going to come out, right? We're going to publish it for you. So you can go ahead and just download that data and play with it. Yeah, that would that would be. But I would suggest that you work with some social science data and not necessarily with uh, uh, not necessarily with business data because if you're learning R programming and if you move towards inferential statistics at some point of time, not just descriptive, but when you move towards inferential statistics, it's better that you work with social science data because that would give you an understanding of the modeling that you need to do for each kind of area. Yep. Any yes. Other questions? Thank you, Any other participants? Okay. Shorju, thanks. I think Tomar, this was... Tomar, 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 yeah. Right, right. Of course, of course. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll ask you. Uh, so I think uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm asking based on you know certain queries which we receive from a lot of students mm -hmm. in general. So I have basically mm -hmm. two questions. Mm -hmm. The first question is obviously the question which is everyone on everyone's mind mm -hmm. that you have partly answered that you know the pandemic has possibly uh, paused. Uh, the 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 uh, movements in the sector, if I can use that mm -hmm. terminology, mm -hmm. with with be it placements, be it say uh, opportunities uh, in horizontal or vertical directions mm -hmm. uh, across countries and sectors. But a lot of people are asking that will this pandemic, even if after you know we get to you know to control it and come to terms with it. Do you think uh, with your experience that it is going to set in 
certain permanent changes to the sector? Well, hmm. not necessary. Uh, so here's the thing: uh, the development sector. If you want to divide it, like if I if I was to divide it into three broad categories, one would be field operatives, facilitators who work on the field. Uh, uh, then there is the project management, people who write the grants, people who get the money for the grants, and then there's also again the our side, data science research people. So, uh, to be honest, nothing really changes for the data science people and the project management people. They still have to do what they did. Uh, you still have to approach UN and EU for funds. Uh, that's what my boss does. Okay. Uh, my colleague and I, who are the two researchers on the team, uh, we mostly do the uh, sampling design, the survey design, uh, we overview the survey from, so again, so another tool that I learned, so this is something that I picked up, Kobo, which is basically, Kobo toolbox is basically you monitor the fieldwork uh, and the data collection. So our work has not changed so much. Where it will change is the field operatives. So field operatives can be of two types, people who are going out just to collect data, but generally people who generally go out to collect data and especially in conflict areas, say, West African Sahel in my case. Uh, these people are also people who have been working in these communities for some time uh, or have exposure to or some kind of link to these communities because you can't generally just, you can't just pick me up and send them. And I, I, I with my colleague designed the research, but you can't just pick me up and send me to Mali and uh, uh, expect that you will get quality data because one, I don't speak French that well. I speak hardly speak French at all, but also, uh, also, these people don't know me. I don't look like them. I don't talk like them. It's very difficult to get quality data if you are sending in uh, untested. So when it comes to field operatives, I think it might change a little bit. Uh, if you're working, if you're that, you, if you are that social worker who goes to the field and actually organizes there, which is something that we did during our days and tests as, uh, as uh, uh, I think we, we, we had to do this like 15 hour every week, something of that sort. So we had to do that. So in that case, it will change. Uh, obviously, you will have to take not just normal precautions, but you might actually find people uh, in my, at least that's what I've been, that's the report that I'm getting from Sahil, that people are less uh, open to kind of uh, engaging and uh, being open to organizing at this point of time. So, but that's not something that is going to stay for a long period of time. It might stay till we have a cure, but I think the development sector is human-centric sector it is people uh, i mean whether you are looking at research the teams or you're looking at uh, the project management teams or you're looking at field, field work supervisors or field work facilitators i think uh, that's not going to change much it's going to come back once we figure out uh, i think there will be more precautions health-wise for people who are on the field but i don't think it's it's, it's gonna were you interested in understanding the hiring process of it do you think um, that was that your question that is the hiring yes, going to change you can also if you can also extend into the hiring part yeah. so i have a so this is what i think uh, as of now the, the, the there are there i'm pretty sure drc irc all these norwegian refugee councils they were frozen hiring for the time being i'm pretty sure of that because there were jobs that had applied to like a month or two months back and i got emails recently saying that uh, 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 that we have frozen this position so I used to get this, these kind of emails in uh, um, May and June as well. Jotodin, uh, the emails were like, or you are not getting the job. I was okay with it because at least you know, someone's getting a job. I'm not getting it, but someone's getting it. 
but the moment the emails were like hey, we are freezing the position that's when i got really scared because like no one's getting a job right? so so uh, that will change and in fact i have a feeling that once the pandemic gets settled down there will be a lot more openings in the research side and the facilitator side not so much on the uh, not so much on the um, uh, project management because the project management people are senior right my boss is senior to me has a phd has more more publications and stuff so i don't think there's going to be a lot more openings on that on that end and that is something that you gradually transition into it's not a no beginning position you know it's not an entry position research at our entry position hoy kintu um, like even with an ms or an ma you might be able to sneak into a research position but generally fresh phd nai ba you know you know uh, people who are who are phd's who really know a lot about it so ba 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 masters with a lot of publications in a specific area okay so in these areas there will be a uptake and in the field work in the field work uh, supervisors of field work will be uptake because partly is there's going to be a lot of research on pandemic issues ha dhoro pandemic er jonno climate change er ki mane how how is climate change being affected because of the pandemic so you start working on that how how has uh, say for example one one type of research that i didn't think about is uh, conflict area the how has the perception of security changed after the pandemic like you know is there availability of the mali forces there uh, do people trust the work that they are doing there's going to be uptake at some point of time so as if i was a social science grad at this point of time in india i would look out for that ke recruitment badhe um india the specifically badhe ki na i can't speak to that but internationally badhe i'm sure yeah. so that means like uh, the second question which i wanted to ask which a lot of people have been asking is Mm-hmm. whether pub- public health as a sector is going to gain traction in terms of hiring professionals with specializations in the domain what is your take on it so so this is i'm trying to speak to it in terms of ami ki already dekhechi teacher and also what the current situation is so uh, public health uh, in this has two different branches and how yeah. do you put it yeah. yeah so one would be the social work public health uh which my wife was in and the other one is the public health the entire yeah okay so uh public health er modde there is epidemiology there is biostatistics there is just project management people there is just more clinical side of people ha huh? all all that comes in in the public health department social worker modde specifically intervention based uh people who who mostly design interventions look at intervention look at impact assessment of intervention and they also do the work themselves and also there is there is a lot of overlap in the social work public health sector and the public health sector in india okay uh, the only difference here is uh, is perspective okay public health is a department is just public health era they don't work from a frame they don't work from a social justice framework but on a bottom top approach say catch corpo this is not their approach the social work does work from a social justice approach okay so you make a choice there depending on uh, where you are also if you are applying to i don't know genuine public health i'm not sure but say like for a tsa if you are applying for public health so tsa generally people who go to the public health department are from science stem backgrounds ha doctors go there dentists go there uh, it's not that social science grads don't go there but there are people who have been remotely linked with health or are interested in health social work public health is the social justice aspect of it and also the health aspect okay so this is how you differentiate the camp catch acha now coming to the recruitment entities 
recruitment is social worker uh, so we had a central uh, this is started my year actually started in 2015 we had a central placement cell cpc and we also had the cgpc which was the social work mm-hmm. social worker madhe public health people were one of the like highest recruited people uh, they did very well with the jobs um, they had really good students too uh, so i would give them credit as well so they were one of the more uh, robustly uh recruited lot acha that is the social worker mode i want now in the public health field they get a lot of money the public health department in general they get a lot of money they make more money than the average social worker does uh and they also get hired robustly also keep in mind that if you go into that sort of a public health which is like the public health department then you go into a lot of assessment issues mane ki bolo to dhoro kerom type of assessment it will not be assessment of interventions it will be assessment of dhoro Thoro some sort of uh, uh, insurance company will come and hire you. Someone who is selling health insurance will come and hire from the public health department. Someone who is selling health insurance will not hire from the social work public health department. Social work public health department day, you will be hired by NGOs which implement projects by the WHO, by UN, by some other body, by some other big organization. That is the line of work there. because our public health departments so era ashe but you might also get hired by corporates uh, and stuff like that so uh, depending on what your frame of mind is kothay tumi jete chao so that's one thing um both of them do very well in placements so um uh, if you are someone who is uh who has need for or is has to pay the bills which is a part and parcel you all have to pay the bills um Now, while we change the world, <laughs> we have to pay the bills. So, in that case, public health as a department is a better option, I guess. Uh, social work, public health is the more prestigious option. Uh, you you can reach WHO with social work, public health. You will not reach. I mean, you may reach. I I I don't know. But uh, uh, but public health, the we do to branch out chicken do. So that, that, that there's a part of it which is. Uh, uh, corporatized and there's a part of which which all can also lead to the both of them get recruited very well yeah right okay any other questions any other participants i guess uh, we have uh, overshot time by 15 minutes but it doesn't feel like I'll because because yeah right uh, i think ba degree right. ba degree in mathematics is possibly a ba degree in mathematics pure is possible being offered by degree college university blah, blah, blah. minor subject study in economic state and literature Yeah, and this also this is the scope is limited. It's pretty cool actually. I didn't know of this. Yeah, this is this is pretty cool. I mean, I would do something like this. As long as they are as uh, focused on history and literature and other humanities subjects, because uh, at the end of the day, social sciences, uh, data sciences is just one of the tools, right? Uh, Uh, we are what we are because we are social sciences, not because uh, we are good at data science. But that's a tool. Yeah, yeah. This is pretty cool. Yeah, if someone needs it, they can use this. Do Do you want? Oh, okay. So this is privately shared. So can I? Sh- yeah. Namrata, is it okay if I share it publicly? Uh, sure, sure. Okay. I did my BA in mathematics from the same college, so ah, that's how I. Cool. Cool, cool. More science people transitioning into social sciences, which is good. Yeah. 
but sociology grads will hate us for this <laughs> i'm just kidding <laughs> yeah um uh, bolo tumhi are okay. so yeah so uh, there was one question which uh, with prior permission because enakshi had shared this with me privately mm-hmm. and i was reading out the question to you uh, shorjo mm-hmm. enakshi says bed as in b.ed bed mm-hmm. is compulsory for teaching job in india nowadays but if anyone wants to teach in, teach abroad is this degree enough to get a job like basically she wants to understand the recognition of bed uh, no no uh. so let me put it in perspective um, i mean i'm i mean i am no less proud of india as a country or its education system it it does have its benefits uh, indian education system does system have its benefits it teaches you to take on the grind very well which is important uh, you don't get overwhelmed by it by uh, so that's that's important but one of the things that it does not have is a lot of recognition outside uh, one of my friends from tis and she's from tis tis psych psych is a pretty dope department you don't mess around with them they are very good they're very prestigious uh, she did her masters there and then she went to canada uh, so she got a pr and she so her entire family is moving but initially and i think that's why she is doing a second masters in canada her grad degree from uh, uh tis is not recognized as a graduate degree it's just considered as a diploma so uh, depending on which country you move to your uh, your ba degree will get downvoted it will have lesser value uh, some places will might take it as a ba degree some places might not take it as a ba degree they might just take it as a diploma does that uh this as canada does but uh, but if you are so here's the thing if you are thinking in terms of teaching uh in us at least and i can't speak to this in europe i have no i just happened to get a job in europe i don't have a phd or any degrees from europe so i can't speak to you about that but at least in the us and canada a ba degree will not help you teach uh even in the community colleges which you they i i don't think they're comparable to government colleges in india in general but even the community colleges generally have phd uh, professors uh, adjuncts are mostly phd's it's only in rare not rare but there are people with a masters degree who teach that specific uh, course maybe a masters in mathematics would be teaching in a community college uh, but uh, if you're looking in terms of teaching in university i think you need a master or a phd i mean that's what i would say uh, this is within the ambit of my knowledge i don't know more than this yeah thank you so much shorjo i think uh, no this worries. has been uh, a great revelation of a session in terms of uh, interactions directly by answering participants questions uh-huh. so the format that we are trying to create is that uh, after the session we will be sharing a feedback form with all the participants once more mm-hmm. like you know mm-hmm. maybe share a mailer to them uh, because mm-hmm. we are quite certain that there are certain questions which eventually crop up with yeah. as as you know the session uh, take back uh, transpires but of mm-hmm. course yeah i mean tania has been uh, requested okay. Let me... yeah okay yeah sure ah uh, but is it okay if i don't give my office email i just don't want my office email right. with those no yeah, problem so i i'll just give my personal email that's absolutely. okay absolutely absolutely no okay. that that would be absolutely fine thank you so much thank you so much
Tania, I yeah, believe I mean, I'm not mistaken. Uh, she is going ahead to TIS, right, Tania? Oh, okay, okay. Yes, sir. Which, yes, which department are you going to? Uh, CODP, social work. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, they were our rival department when I was in TIS. <laughs> uh, pretty good department, yeah. It's a pretty solid mm-hmm. department. Congratulations. I can't, I can't thank sir enough. Like he was there at every point of time. I. There was a time I freaked out once, but uh, he was there and he helped. And he, he very, um, very. He was very helpful and guided me through. Mm-hmm. Yes, I can attest to that too. Yeah. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. All Thank you so much. Thank you. So as we discussed that, we will share a feedback with all of you so that you know we can stay in touch with Shorjo, because mm-hmm. we want to build onto the session. Uh, the session also has happened. Because Shorjo was the one who actually initiated it. So let me tell you the backstory. He was the one who really wanted to help all of you out. And I guess uh, to start off with, this has been a very promising session. A lot of, uh, I guess, hard facts discussed. And, and I think that's important. Because so many times we hear about success stories in the market. And I guess it's equally important to balance it off with things that can go wrong, that can, you know, mm-hmm that can create a crisis for us because I believe, you know, when you rise above those odds, that's when you really sustain yourself uh, really well. So thank you, Shorjo, for truly uh, ramifying your thoughts in a very... I have one, I have one more thing to say. I mean, at Gurudital, so especially to people who, who, I mean, I don't mean to like narrow down on people and make you feel good or bad about it, but Aptajinish, which I stress on is, and this is something I I saw with my juniors in Jadavpur University, Presidency University, and especially when I went to this to compete with people from Stephens and SR. So my wife is from Stephens. Again, this also has the Delhi lobby and the non-Delhi lobby. Okay, so this is just fun stuff, not nothing serious about it. But uh, one thing that I have specifically noticed about guys and girls, I think the girls are smarter from Calcutta. Specifically speaking to the guys, I can see some of you here. Uh, uh, when you go to this or when you start applying to other places, uh, a lot of it is because I'm a boy pie. We feel scared. You know, uh, are we good enough? Harvard apply code book in a... I did not. I had a score good enough to apply to Princeton. I did not, which is stupidity. But I kind of, you know... Uh, under assessed myself so this is a part of which i think at times is a part of calcutta culture okay you know we have a tendency to kind of downvote ourselves and pull ourselves down and under assess ourselves i'm specifically speaking to this issue because this is something that i saw when i went to this uh, students uh, from calcutta do wonderfully there they do like like all of them did brilliantly. I did not, I do not know one Calcutta student who was academically doing not well in this. Okay. But the problem is we lack in confidence because uh, a general, general Jadupur University, Scottish Church, Presidency, wherever you take, we don't have the confidence to come up and speak. We, uh, you know, we don't have coherence in our thoughts. Uh, if you sit down, you will just be Harming yourself. Uh, learn to put yourself out there. Market yourself. Um, uh, uh, 
আমি যাদবপুর ইউনিভার্সিটি ইউনিয়ন প্রেসিডেন্ট ছিলাম সো আই ওয়াজ এম দ্য মোর লাউডার পিপল ইন দ্য ব্যাচ হ্যাঁ পিপল হু ক্যান পুট মাই সেলফ আউট দেয় পিপল হু ক্যান টক পিপল হু ক্যান ক্যাম্পেন সো ওয়েন আই ওয়েন্ট টু টেস্ট আই ওয়াজ অ্যাকচুয়ালি সামার ইন দ্য মিডল understand i mean what i'm trying to say that you have to be able to market yourself you have to be able to market your skills and you cannot shy away from that this is something that i have seen tragically in calcutta students my juniors from jadavpur university my 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 bhai was the cultural secretary in presidency he kind of resigned like some time back his friends and the entire lot you have to learn to market yourself this is something that amra bhabi ki bolto we'll i'll right so if you think that english is holding you down no then that's not what tis or any other place is going to judge you on a tis to definite tis is this definitely does not judge people on english uh, it judges people on the content and the intellectual rigor that they bring so keep that in mind ha huh? mane don't don't do that thing i mean i am i used to do that myself i used to think oh i have nothing to contribute you know there are people from stephens sitting here people from srcc here they probably topped my class 12 percentage by 12 to 30% but it's it's a different ball game right so keep that in mind that's all i had to add go ahead i think thanks a lot uh, i'm sure this no, is valid no. for people who are also outside calcutta and yes absolutely absolutely, absolutely. from yeah. hyderabad from yes. from rachi actually actually even 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 outside even outside calcutta it actually applies to more so i have a, i have had a lot of friends from guwahati okay very talented chaps so it's partly because i was born in assam so i can speak assamese fluently so i i, I got along but that's the thing that we had you know it's it's like when we go to these places i mean it's not just that when i came to radgars i was so freaked out when i was going to new york for the first time i have no clue why that freaked me out it's just a city it's just like delhi just a little cleaner but it's just that so let's not be intimidated irrespective of whether you're coming from guwahati calcutta wherever you go to these places you go to these conferences you go to these uh, uh higher centers of education be confident you 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 bring something with yourself which is why you were there in the first place right so do not undermine yourself uh like i i used to say ami bangla boltam ke you know sense defense dekhle jao ফেরত যাওয়ার কোনো দরকার নেই communicate that you have failed with a smile because that's when you really need to pick up right so that's that's the point thanks a lot shojo this was been a great thank session you. thank you so much for your time thanks a lot participants uh, your questions really steered the session uh, it came close to all of you uh, can i answer we are yeah, later I think on if we can take that on quickly you can answer no problem okay uh, so you could get into presentation but you didn't i want to ask you what criterion okay uh very high swapnil or uh, kostop sorry both of you right next to each other so i confused kostop princeton very high gre score uh gre score is not very difficult okay i mean uh uh unfortunately i had a time limitation so i could only give it once and i got a 320 which is like just just yeah okay 
but if i had a little more time i mean when if i if, if, if i was not stuck within the semester and it was like i had like planned my phd application a little better maybe one year then hitting 330 is pretty easy mane it's pretty easy maths in here is not tough it's just being able to adapt to it so one uh, i think i was a little under confident applying to princeton uh because my gre was not a 330 it was a 320 however that's the important part of it the gre score is not the only part of your application so i have my senior in the his, he, she is in the history department in princeton she had a gre score around 311 <clears throat> obviously keep in mind that uh the history department is not going to spend as much time on a, on your gre max score as a public policy department would right so uh instead of having say something like a 330 you can get away with a 311 in gre for history department at princeton but what that didi also had that didi was from jadavpur university uh, history she had an mfil and she had like solid research here so when i was applying my strengths were my grades in tests my gre score to a certain extent uh my understanding of research uh to a certain extent my recommendations if you are strong on all five of those points i would say go ahead apply to an iv um, but just one small but i believe that if you are going to an iv league to learn a lot of new things this is a subject that you don't know a lot about you have to learn a lot about you have to ground yourself in my opinion and you can talk to other people about this in my opinion an iv league is not a good place to go there because an iv league you will go in and you are running from the first day you will not get time to learn you are competing because with you in that batch are like the top minds of that particular field so you won't get time to learn you have to be competing from the first day like that's the that's the that's in my point of view is the backlog of going to an iv okay but the good thing about going to an iv is after 5 years you will be like you so my job was at cpri so cpri ranks around 25 to 30 in the top 50 uh, uh, in most influential think tanks someone from harvard would probably crack top 15 okay uh, i didn't crack top 15 think tanks i cracked the top like 25 30 okay so keep that in perspective however uh, the sad part is that you know uh, you lose out on networks but if you go to a public iv which is like some rutgers or maybe uh, that one is a really good school uh, wisconsin madison uh, these places would be like uh, uh, you will have some more time to learn they will also be competitive people around you are also going to be very competitive competitive you lose out a little bit on networks i think but you get time to learn and explore yourself which for me was important if you are someone who's got very good ideas about research you are very well versed with research design and you know how to get your uh, yes stuff then go ahead go to princeton Um, higher you can go the better okay um, great uh, sir i think we can take this question offline because we are we have overshot time okay. thank you so much yes, i think this 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 definitely can continue and we will create more opportunities uh, uh, with toto yeah. in the near future for sure thank you so much participants mm-hmm. uh, wishing you all the success keep your uh, self belief high i think that's what shorjo also meant a lot mm-hmm. that you know never under assess or never uh, you know mm. think that uh, certain external criteria will differentiate your belief right so that's exactly the take back from the session thank you so much ojo for your time this is great uh, thank you so much sir we will catch uh, up soon and yeah
great thank you Take thanks care. a lot all the best good night to everyone have a great weekend shorjo bye bye yeah take care for the gut you too bye